Mike, do you like museums? Of course. I am a refined English gentleman, after all. <laughs> what about cats? I am not allergic to museums. Um, I am allergic to cats. I'm not 100% sure how those two things are related in any way. Well, to find out, we need to go to Russia. St. Petersburg, in fact. Ah, yes. The home of the Hermitage Museum. It is the second largest art museum in the world, Stephen. Did you know that? Man, the script really makes you sound smart this week. Uh, It's better than being a conspiracy theorist like you normally make me out to be. (laughs) Fair. Anyway, this museum was founded in 1764 when Empress Catherine the Great started collecting a large amount of art. This collection was so large, in fact, that the museum was built inside of a palace. That's where the cats come in. To the palace? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just a couple decades before Catherine the Great took over the palace for her museum, which like I have lots of questions about, but I didn't get into. Do you just like commandeer a palace? Be like, sure. It's like this is mine now. now. <laughs> yeah. You just you 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 put some like stanchions out so people know where to walk, and mm-hmm. it's a museum. Good to go. So, anyways, a couple decades before that project, Elizabeth of Russia ordered cats to be placed in the palace to control the mice population in the building and on the grounds. The cats stuck around for the museum opening and were used all the way until World War II when the existing population all died off. A new group of cats replaced the previous cats since the rat population then immediately increased. It's good job security. In the 1990s, Maria Kaltunen, an employee of the museum, started a program to care for the animals. They had been in pretty poor living conditions up to this point, sleeping in huddled masses near furnaces and often having to hunt for every meal. That's sad. It is sad. Thankfully, it quickly turned around, and starting in 2007, the museum began adopting cats in the city who needed a good home. In 2010, Kaltunen stated that there were 60 cats on the museum grounds, even though the staff had a joke that officially the museum had a maximum capacity of 50 cats. I feel like once you have 50, another 10 more doesn't matter at all that, right like, well yes doesn't matter. that certainly seems to be the attitude is by 2013 the number had grown to 74 <laughs> so what's another 14 yeah just keep going up in recent years the cats have become as well known as the art and museum itself i wrote that sentence i'm not sure i believe it but we're just gonna go with it <laughs> okay the museum employs a press secretary dedicated to the cats okay a kitchen to prepare their food i guess when they're not eating the rats they catch and an on-site animal hospital complete with veterinarian. It could actually be possible that the cats are more important than their artwork at this point. The museum is massive, inhabiting nearly a dozen large buildings inside St. Petersburg, with many other smaller properties as well. These cats do have their work cut out for them. I'm glad they're staying busy, but... We have some more famous cats to talk about after this break. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea. With the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning templates and more, they are the perfect place for you. Whether you want to create a store, a blog, a site for your business, or just about any website at all, Squarespace has all of the tools you need. There is nothing to install or patch or upgrade. It's an all-in-one platform. Squarespace have 24-7 support, and you can sign up for a free trial. Just go to squarespace.com. And when you sign up for a plan, use the code UNGENIUS for 10% off. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get that 10% off when you use the code UNGENIUS to check out Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. Okay, it's time to leave Russia behind and travel to your hometown of London. Oh, is it time to talk about the Chief Mouser? 
It is. Why don't you lead us off? The Chief Mouser to the Cabinet Office is the title of the official resident cat of the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom at 10 Downing Street, the home of the Prime Minister. Officially, only four cats have been granted this title. Their names are Humphrey, Sybil, Larry, and Freya. Larry's name is a little more casual than the others. Yeah, Larry stands out a little bit, to be honest. I think yeah, I think yeah. they were trying to be cool, right? Humphrey and Sybil are super, like, old-school fancy names. Like, oh, here's Larry. And then, like, Freya is the, like, oh, now we're millennials. Okay. <laughs> Humphrey may have been given his title in October 1989, but many cats have taken on this noble work. The cat with the longest tenure was named Wilberforce. Excellent name. Best name. <laughs> it's pretty good. Wilberforce served 13 years under Edward Heath, Harold Wilson, Jim Callahan, and Margaret Thatcher. Cats have been used to hunt mice on many properties, including royal ones for centuries, as we know. And things seem to have gotten official in the UK around 1929, when the Treasury authorised one penny a day from petty cash towards the maintenance of an efficient cat. Which is a phrase that is so British (laughs) that I love it very much. It's so good. Only an efficient cat. I will not give a penny a day to an inefficient cat. The maintenance of an efficient cat. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does cat maintenance look like? In April 1932, the budget expanded, and by 2000, the mouser was costing £100 a year. I still think that's it's not a lot of money. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. So, I hope the cat's okay. These cats work for the people. This cat works for you, Mike. It does. As a tax-paying citizen of the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. They are generally not the pet of the prime minister in residence, and it's rare for the chief mouser's term of office to coincide with that of a prime minister. I have nothing to say on this. <laughs> we may have hit a nerve about <laughs> the state of the prime minister. <laughs> I would prefer the cat. While we're talking politics, I want to touch on this report about how people view the chief mouser. Robert Ford, a political scientist at the University of Manchester, reported on this very interesting survey. Participants were shown a picture of Humphrey, the chief mouser appointed by Margaret Thatcher, and told that Humphrey was, and they were told, you're either this is Thatcher's cat or it's Tony Blair's cat. An affinity for the cat divided along partisan lines. Conservative voters liked the cat far more if they were told that Humphrey was Thatcher's cat. And Labour voters liked the cat far more when they were told he was Blair's cat. Wow. Who would have guessed the cat could get pulled into the the political world so strongly? Poor Humphrey. I know. That's sad. He's doing his job. In 2011, it was a dark time in your country. There was no cat in residence at Downing Street. In January of that year, rats were seen scurrying across the steps of Number 10 Downing Street for a second time during a TV news report, according to ITN reporters. The Prime Minister's spokesman said that there were no plans for a cat to be brought in to tackle the problem, but that just did not fly. The next day, newspapers reported that the spokesman mentioned a pro-cat faction within Downing Street, leading to a speculation that a replacement cat may be on the way. (laughs) Can you imagine that Slow meeting? Slow news. Uh, there is yeah. actually nothing I would like more in my country right now for the newspapers to be reporting about the lack of a cat. It'd be nice. That's what I would prefer right now. Well, on Valentine's Day of that year, it was reported that a cat called Larry had taken up the mantle. However, drama was just around the corner. In September of 2012, it was reported that Prime Minister David Cameron had fired Larry in oh, what no. some called foul play. Chancellor George Osborne's tabby cat Freya was then hired to fill the role. Wow. Cat nepotism. <laughs> 
some sources described the new arrangement as a sharing of the workload, which is a very HR-friendly way to say it. For two years, Larry and Freya split the work, but then in August 2014, the newcomer was hit by a car in what was only the most recent in a string of events where she would basically just run away. She is now living in the Kit countryside where she can roam freely and Larry remains diligently at his post. Larry has faced challenges of his own, namely almost being fired from his position when he failed to react to a mouse spotted in David Cameron's study. I assume there was some big HR meeting after this, and it seems that Larry really responded to feedback, as we would say, and in October 2013 caught four mice in just two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite quite a performance improvement. During his tenure, Larry has met many international leaders, including Barack Obama, despite Larry's generally nervous behavior around men. And Larry has survived changes in power, fights with nearby cats, and being attacked by the now-retired Freya. But he battles on for his nation. Thank you, Larry. I'd like to thank Seeger for this week's topic. It was... (laughs) Really fun to learn about these these very famous cats doing doing what cats have always done, but now in the spotlight. In very important roles. Very important places. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about the Hermitage Cats or the Chief Mouser to the Cabinet Office, head over to our website, relay.fm slash ungeniused slash 68. While you're there, you can send us an email with a topic suggestion, or you can do so on Twitter. The show is at ungeniused. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y. K-E, and you can find me as ISMH. And until our next CAT HR meeting, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.